Praise God. It is time to begin service. Amen. So good to be in God's house on a Sunday evening. Amen. For our camp meeting as we in the mission focus and we talk about, amen, Christ and those that have never heard this name. As the evangelist spoke this morning and our pastor and then our opening songs talk, talks about that beautiful and wonderful name of Jesus. I'm so thankful tonight that I've heard that name and that I've called upon that name. Thankful tonight for that healing and the power and salvation and all that comes to us through the wonderful and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. So thankful that I know it tonight. Would you stand? Amen. Let's open in prayer. Let's ask the Holy Ghost to have his way in this service this evening. Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening. We thank you for the wonderful name of Jesus, God. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for salvation tonight. And we pray, God, that you stir our hearts afresh and anew for the harvest field. We pray tonight, God, we lift up this service to you. And we pray, have your way, God. Have your way in our camp meeting, God. We pray for that anointing, God, that breaks the yoke. I do pray that no one will leave the same way they came. Let hearts and minds and lives be touched. Let Christ be glorified and Christ be lifted up. And everything that's said and done will be very careful to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' glorious and wonderful and holy name. Amen, amen. Worship while they sing. Somebody say 
lift your hand toward heaven and give God a praise in this house tonight. What a wonderful name it is. No other name given whereby men must be saved in the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus. You may be seated for just a moment in the presence of the Lord. We can do things a little different tonight. Amen. If my bride will come around and get ready to play for the offering. And then we're going to have a congregational and we're going to turn the Nesbitt family loose on us tonight before our evangelist, Brother Estes, comes around to minister to us what the Lord has laid on his heart. My, what a message. I love messages about Joab. I, he got through this morning. I said, Lord, I hope Joab made it. <laughs> oh, what a rascal he was. Amen. But I hope he made a turnaround there somewhere. Amen. But uh, we don't know that. But a wonderful message today, Brother Estes, and we appreciate you and uh, Sister Erica and this, these lovely girls being with us. And I uh, appreciate them being with us in the house of the Lord today. And they're going to be going back tomorrow. So uh, let's pray that the Lord would give them safe travels uh, back to Kentucky. I would like to have them just have them around all week long just to enjoy the fellowship. But they have other obligations. Uh, Brother Estes and Sister Erica are very busy in ministry. But we appreciate them coming our way. Great to have the Nesbitt family with us. Amen. We love and appreciate them. And they've certainly been on our hearts and in our prayers. Is that right? Amen. And we're just looking forward to hearing from them here in just a little while. Now, tonight we, we're going to give out. Uh, we're not, we passed out our pledges this morning. And so we're not going to have the ushers pass out pledges uh, through the whole congregation. But if you didn't receive one, then I want you to raise your hand when they come by. They'll have them. And you take one and you pray about it. You're not going to hear this every night, I don't think. Uh, but we do want to clarify since we're doing our pledges different this year. Uh, it's good to have Brother Paul back with us in service tonight. He's been, he's been doctor, nurse, chief cook, bottle washer, nanny, all of it. Sister Sandra's been... Uh, sick and and Levi's had our little Levi's been sick as well, so he just had been cover a lot of territory. <laughs> Amen. And let's pray for Sister Sandra. Amen. The Lord to give her a quick recovery. But we're we're doing different this year, since we have so many things that we're supporting, uh, and and there's there's some things that really it's hard to say. We've got a general idea, or this is mostly what we're supporting. This is the outline, I guess, of our missions program. But then there's things off of those things that I'll mention that. Uh, we're just involved in it. We're supporting. And all of this, uh, we don't have the school of Christ, per se, in its own, uh, you know, in its own space on the pledges. But the school of Christ is just a part of everything we're doing uh, throughout all of that. Now, particularly when we talk about the Caribbean, you've got to realize what all that, that takes in. That's a very large region. We have 20 administrative bishops uh, to take care of that region. We have uh, about a half a million members, and we have about... 3,700 churches that we're ministering to in that capacity. That's just one region of the world. Uh, and then, of course, we'll talk about these others. So what we've done is we've made our missions pledges uh, very general this year. And instead of uh, you having to, you know, like take a test, a multiple choice, or check off uh, going down the list, uh, we're, we're making it McClenny Church of God missions. All the missions will come in. And then from that missions fund, we will support uh, as is needed or divided or however uh, we can see the best be effective in all of these areas. But we also have a place on the pledges uh, for you to be able to specify. As you look, perhaps something that you supported last year, you want to continue that support this year. Or if you see something here in the Lord as you pray over this, and I want you to do that, but uh, if you see something that the Lord lays on your heart, uh, to specify, to, to support specifically, we have a place here for you to indicate that, 
and then that's where your pledges will be directed. Also, it's not on the pledge sheet, uh, but Christ International. That's my part of the missions program of the church that I just direct as a ministry uh, of the church, and you can go online and give to that if you so choose. And that takes in most of what we've got listed here and then some other things as well. So we have some that have supported here and some from other parts of the country, and um, you, you know what that's all about. You you see it and hear it every, every Sunday. So uh, that's the way our, our pledges go. So we've got Supporting Israel, five churches, uh, Intercultural City uh, Center on the Mount of Olives for training and church planning and the School of Christ. Europe, uh, we're going to Croatia and uh, ministerial training, church planning, School of Christ. And then, of course, Asia, we've been there with the School of Christ for some time, but we're also working directly with the administrative bishop and the Church of God uh, in partnering with them in ministerial training, church planning, and, and the School of Christ. And we're integrating the training uh, that he has been using uh, through Global Fire Advance. I get that right, Raj? Where's Raj? Global Fire Advance. I've called it Alliance, all kind of things, but Global Fire Advance, and, and they've appointed me on that board, so we're looking forward to being involved in that. They've got about 6,000 churches planted to their credit, and they want to bring the School of Christ into their ministerial training. As a matter of fact, in some of the places around the world where they're ending their training, uh, they want to let the School of Christ come in and, and be what they might say, that, well, he said the grand finale. We, after we've done all we can, we want you to come in with the School of Christ and then let that graduate the class, add that to the end of the class, and then send them out, which is an answer. Not only is it an answer to prayer, it's an answer to a promise. As I, I go down this, I want you to think back over this last year, the year and a half of what God has said that he would do, and, and is God not doing what he said? It's, it's absolutely been amazing at what the Lord is doing. So uh, Israel, Europe, Asia, and then uh, the Caribbean region as a part of the Caribbean evangelism and church growth. We'll be, we've been buying and shipping tents across the region. Now, we need help there with that. We've sent 10 out so far. And those tents are powerful. They're, they're a powerful tool for evangelism. A lot of people get saved under tents on the mission field. And they're used for evangelistic crusades. The, the people will just come. And our evangelism program is such that we make sure if there's a tent crusade, then those people are absorbed. They're not just counted and turned loose, but they become a part of, of our churches. The churches come in and support. Somebody's born again. They're brought into those church families or... We plant a church. The, the, the tents are uh, an amazing tool for evangelism, but also for church planning as well. Uh, what we'll do, we'll go in. Guyana's a, a, good, a, a good illustration of that. Uh, Bishop Prasad uh, will go in. He'll, he'll put a tent up, have a crusade, and just leave it there uh, until, he, uh, until a church is formed and organized. And then those uh, Guyanese will go out in the forest, and they'll start chopping down trees, and they'll start... Uh, making lumber in just a little while, they've built a church. Well, that's when the tent comes down and it goes somewhere else and they do that over and over and over again. So when you see tent ministry here, you understand that's one of the most powerful evangelistic tools uh, that there is. And if anybody wants to, uh, I can get a tent 60 by 40 for uh, $4,500. It's about 1000 to ship it around about sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. Uh, so if anybody listening here tonight, live stream or here, uh, would like to purchase a tent, well, you can put that down there as well, and we'll, we'll send a tent, and you'll be a part of reaping a harvest uh, in, that, in that way. 
Uh, we also support uh, Servant's Heart. That's Guatemala, Pastor uh, Freddie Hidalgo through Servant's Heart Ministries. Uh, that's Brother Bob Cornegie, who has been here a few times and uh, just a great man and an open door for us to be able to work and help in Guatemala. We support Brother Mendoza, and we will. As long as his feet walk this earth, same goes for his wife. We're going to take care of this man of God as our missionary in Ecuador. And then Brother Prasad, there's Prasad and Prasad, Brother Prasad in, uh, in India. And Brother Jeff and Sister Marcy have worked with him. I've preached for him a couple of times there, pastor's conferences, and, and of course, they've been there uh, running schools, and they'll be going back later this year. And he helps us uh, with support, getting support to those pastors in uh, Tamil Nadu, that, that, that part of India, uh, very poor and persecuted pastors. And so uh, your support will be going toward that as well. Then, of course, Brother Emmanuel Osla, who will be here uh, Tuesday night late, and he'll be with us through the rest of the uh, meeting, and he'll be preaching next Sunday. Now, he is our School of Christ director uh, in Pakistan, but we send him, we just send him to Vietnam. Uh, we send him to different places. I, I can't even remember where all we've sent him. It's been several places uh, throughout Asia and Southeast Asia where he has um, uh, been conducting schools and graduating schools of Christ evangelism crusades that we've helped to fund and support uh, because we, we support him. If you don't have him, if you have Facebook and, and, you're, and he's not on your friends list, put him on your friends list and go through his page and look at the evangelistic crusades and the work uh, that he's uh, doing there, uh, the school of Christ, but then so much more. And look at the crowds that he's preaching to and the sinners that are being saved in that dark, dark Islamic world. My, how God has helped us and enabled us to be able to penetrate the darkness and support work and plant schools. And we have to date set over 200 slaves free from Islamic slavery in Pakistan. One of the, I'm telling you folks, of all the things that I've ever put my hands on and been involved in, that is absolutely one of the most fulfilling that I've ever been involved in. To set those kids, about half of them have been teens and youth. I put this out there. I don't know why every church in the nation hadn't jumped on board with this. And uh, talk about making a difference in this world where we can sure set them free. That, you know, Islam, uh, I preach a message sometimes once in a while. Allah is not God and Muhammad's not his prophet. Allah's a devil. He's a demon spirit's all he is. And, and if, if Muhammad didn't make him up, just contrive it uh, for his own means and purposes, it was a demon spirit that lied to an ignorant Bedouin out there in a the desert somewhere, and he came up, formed the religion. And I can tell you, it's a dark, demonic religion. It oppresses, it kills, it's, it's, it, you can describe it, you could sum it up with two words, hate and perversion. Hate and perversion. That's what that whole thing is all about. Now, that'd probably get us kicked off a live stream, I'm sure, but that's all right, too. That's what it is. And we, God has enabled us to be able to go into that dark world. When the Lord first dealt with me about dealing with Muslims, it took me back. I said, God, I'd rather not. Let somebody else do that. I've got enough going on in other areas. But then the Lord opened this thing up, you know, and he dealt with my heart. If you don't love them, you don't love me. I said, Lord, I sure love you. Then you, you'll love them. Well, he opened this up, and it's been an amazing few years with some wonderful, wonderful things. And those guys, listen, those, those slaves that come out of those uh, brick kilns and plantations, uh, they don't. They don't know much, and we don't. We don't differentiate between the, the the Muslims and the Christians. 
We focus a lot on uh, the young boys and the young ladies, that perverted world. When they get to a certain age, you just got to get them out of there. And, and families of all kind and ages, we just bring them out. We get them out uh, to the extent that we can. And uh, we've just built a church over there also, and it's full of freed slaves. They, they're joining, they've joined, uh, come together in that church, have a wonderful Pentecostal church. But they come out of that Islamic slavery, and, uh, and they just, they don't know what, what our Bible says. For the most part, a lot of them don't, but they just know what God done for them. And so they kind of learn it as they start a church while they're reading and preaching first from the experience of what Jesus done for them. And they'll stretch a tarp over a tree limb, uh, and that's a church. And then it, it just goes from there. So there's no way to be able to calculate the work that has been done through that. And let me tell you something, folks. God has enabled us to have a global footprint, to make a mark for his greater glory. Through us, God has been able to walk this earth and deliver to men who are hell-bound, demon-possessed, and in captivity, deliver to them a gospel of life. This is the only message with life in it. You can't get this from Alcoholics Anonymous. You can't join a team or a club, amen, and get anything like this. This is life. It delivers. It sets free. And this works anywhere you preach it. You, you don't have to sing a song, thank God for singers. You don't have to use an illustration and thank God for that. But you can stand up under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and tell what Jesus done for you, and it will set somebody free out there who hears. Amen. It is wonderful to be a part of this wonderful kingdom of God. So that's what you're supporting when you give to these pledges. So we want our ushers to come around this, uh, this evening. Also, our offering, and these are missions pledges, uh, and I was going to say it this morning, but I got distracted. But this, this is not the offering for the evangelists. Um, I want you to give an offering. I want you to take this home and pray over it and then bring it back later in the week. But we want to give tonight to our evangelist, Brother and Sister Estes and their uh, family. Uh, this is how they live. They, they live of the gospel. I'm going to tell you, folks, you, can't, you couldn't have bought that this morning for a million dollars. Amen. And I know what we're going to get tonight is priceless, but we can give. And so let's give and support this man of God and this ministry. Amen. Brother Buddy, would you ask the Lord to bless the offering tonight? Amen. Worship as you give tonight.
standing and turning your hymnals you have them to page 134 page 134 now you turn in let me apologize for being confused i cut candace and katie off halfway through this song i seen katie's hand come up and i thought she was ending and uh because she gets she's a little out of breath this far along amen get a new baby grandbaby in june but i cut them off too quick and i, I guess i had the wrong song for the offering my bad amen i'll have a new life let's sing it tonight Resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Sown in weakness, raised in power, ready to live in paradise. Oh, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Oh, I'll have a new home. Glory, glory, God, I'll stand. No more pain, no pain, no more sigh. Yes, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Oh, praise the Lord, I'll sing that third verse. Oh, 
Would never turn their backs on you. Oh, 
they wouldn't see you as a fool. But I did say, like me, oh, yes. you'll surely be despised. And I did say that my ways confound the wise. Listen to this. Listen to this verse, church. You never taste the bitter kiss of death or have to walk through chilly Jordan just to enter into rest. But I did say I'll be waiting right on the other side, brother. Right on the other side. He'll be there. Oh, yes. And I did say I'll try. Surely, surely be 
despised. Oh, yes. And they did say, Sister Tisha, that his ways would confound the wise. We don't understand all the things that God does. I don't understand God's purpose, but I know this, he's got a purpose. A lot of things come our way, Brother Zane, we don't understand it, but I know this, all things work together. I said all things work together to the good, to them that love him called according to his purpose I didn't say you'd never taste the bitter kiss of death or have to walk through chilly Jordan just to enter into rest but I did say I'll be waiting right on the other side of you know there's some promises of God. Amen. God's made us some promises. Amen. They are with conditions. Amen. They are with conditions, but God has made us some promises. Amen. See the bright light shining. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm homesick for heaven. I said I'm homesick for heaven. Amen. I know you've been praying for us. I know you've been praying for Sister Carmen. Amen. Sister Jody was a part of us. said, Sister Jody never sung a special. She never got up here, played one of these instruments. She played a tambourine in our church. 
But she wasn't one of those, brother, that was in a spotlight, so to speak, that everybody saw. But she affected people. Because she had an attribute about her that was called love. It was the love of God. And it radiated through her. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you do. I'm sure you got somebody over there that you're longing to see. And it's only been a few short weeks, but I've never been this homesick. I said, I've never been this homesick to go. We've talked about it among ourselves in our home. We've had people, Brother David, that have been close to us that have, that have died, you know. My dad, my mom, his dad. But we've never had anybody that was tragically killed. And this is something different. You never prepare for death. But when it's taken so quickly. But the hope that we have is that when she was driving down that road, and at that last moment, Sister Jody, she would, some of you knew her. You knew when the Holy Ghost got on Sister Jody, she would just. Some of you saw her, you know. That's our hope, Sister Kathy, is that she closed those eyes here, but she looked. My, what a beauty did she behold. Amen. She left everything that she had ever saw that was negative on this side. And she saw the glory of God. Amen. And I got a, I've got a longing. I'm homesick to go. Amen. Worship the Lord with me. There's a light in the window. Table spread in splendor. Someone standing by the open door. I can see the crystal river. Oh, but must be near forever. Lord, I've never been this home. Well, I see the bright light shine. Oh, yeah. It's just about home time. Oh, I can see my father standing at the door. This whole world has been a wilderness, but I'm ready for deliverance. Lord, I Sweet faces, they're all familiar, but no one's old or feeble anymore. Oh, this old lonesome heart is crying. I'm going to spread my wings, go flying, because I've never been this old It's just about home 
Come on, give the Lord a praise tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Remain standing as Brother Estes comes around this evening. It's an honor to have him with us and his family. Looking forward to hearing what the Lord has to say to us tonight. God bless you, Brother Estes. Praise the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated in God's house. One thing I believe I can say with absolute certainty is that number one, death is certain and life is uncertain. I've said this time again, we do not live our life by explanations, but thank God we live our life by promises. God has given you and me some glorious promises, church. God's given us a glorious promise of heaven. We'll live for him, walk with him, serve him. He's prepared for us a glorious place. And I thank God that even in our darkest hour, we can look to the Lord. He can lead us with his light. He can show us his divine help and show us the way when we meet him in our darkest hours. I thank the Lord for every promise that he's given for you and me. And even in times of our sorrow, we don't sorrow like this world sorrows. We have hope. I shudder to think, what does the world do with no hope? What does the world have without Jesus? Where did they turn to, Brother Estes? I'll tell you where they turned to. They turned to their drugs. They turned to their alcohol. They turned to their lasciviousness. They turned to their gambling. And the problem is, as soon as the high of that is over, it's left them worse than where they were to begin with. Friend, their only answer to this world is still God's darling son, Jesus Christ. He is the answer for every one of man's needs tonight. And you and I have a glorious, magnanimous privilege, yea, responsibility, to let every man and woman and child know that Jesus is the way. I thought about that when we were singing that song, I have found the way. Yeah, I believe, brother... Connor said, I think we may have sung the wrong song. I told Sister Estes, I said, no, he sang the right one. Thank God we found the way. Thank God somebody showed me the way. Thank God I don't sorrow like this world sorrow. Somebody, somebody at some time in your life, it may have been, it may have been a thousand different rivers that, that ran together to bring you to where you are right now. I don't know how it all happened, but somehow or another the Lord orchestrated a billion efforts to put you right in this service tonight so that you can say, thank God I found the way. I know the truth. The truth has set me free. Thank you again for the opportunity to be a part of your missions conference in 2019. And I hope and pray that before this week is over that every person under the sound of my voice and those that are viewing tonight Amen, through internet or however they may be viewing or listening in the future, that you too would see the vision and grab a hold of it and say, Lord, just let me be a part of what you're doing. You've heard me say it before. I'll repeat myself again. I've prayed it many times. God, I ask you, please bless what I'm doing. But Lord, please, more importantly, let me do what you're blessing. Let me just be a part of where you are and what you are. And friend, God is still in the saving business. I said the Lord is still in the saving business. If you have your Bibles, turn with me tonight, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verses, verse 34. I want to just read that one verse of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 34. 
And then I want to move over to the book of Galatians, chapter 1, and verse number 6. So we'll begin in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, and then Galatians 1, and verse number 6. And again, while you're turning to those portions of Scripture, I want to give honor and your pastor and say thank you. I'm humbled for the invitation and just to be a part of it right here. And I really am believing for fruit to come out of this. I really mean that. Just that meeting this morning we had. No telling what the Lord may do with that. I believe God to, to just put it all together. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. Amen. Appreciate Sister Carmen and Brother and Sister Nesbitt and their family. They too have become dear friends of ours. And Lord willing, they'll be singing at our church next month. So we'll get to have them. I say we collectively. Sister Estes and I will most likely not be there. But at least our church will get to be there. So we get, we, we get to have you today. Thank the Lord. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. Paul writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, 34 and says these words, Awake, awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. Should I speak this to your shame? Paul says, wake up. This is it. Last of the last days. Final push and final effort. And some people, believe it or not, and I know it's hard for some of us to understand this because some of us cut our teeth on church pews. Some have not the knowledge of God. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, please. Galatians 1 and 6. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you to the grace of Christ into a, another gospel, which is not another, for there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Verse 8, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say now I again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than what we what ye have received, let him be accursed. For do now I persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. Let me go back to verse 6 again. I want you to think about what Paul is writing to this, Corinthian, or to this Galatian church and how it is an absolute mirror image of where we are in the 21st century. He said, I marvel. It's an amazement. There's a shock. There's almost like oxygen's taken out of the room. I marvel, he said, that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel. There's something out there that almost looks like it. There's something out there that almost sounds like it. But it's the furthest thing from it. So let me preach to us for just a little while on this missions conference night on this simple thought. Serving the saving gospel. <laughs> Serving the saving gospel. How many of you still believe in the saving gospel? 
Friend, that is our mission. That is our emphasis. That is our desire. Would you help pray the Lord? Just help clarify that and solidify that in our hearts one more time. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray God get a hold of a church again. And in the midst of a world that's looking for programs, in the midst of the world, God, that's looking for help from man and leaning on the arms of the flesh, raise up a people, raise up a desire, raise up a vision, God, that will send forth the saving gospel. May this church never be ashamed of the program that's been placed in their hands. Amen. Where it's the person of Christ. Where it's the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, anoint every word spoken, said, and done. And may our hearts be united to do your will tonight. For it's in Jesus' holy name we do pray. And everybody said amen. Would you shake somebody's hand? Tell them something nice before you see them tonight. Praise the Lord. I heard about a pilot one time, and he, he came across that intercom there, and the cabin heard as the pilot said. He said, now, ladies and gentlemen, he said, I've got, some, uh, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. He said, the, the bad news is we are entirely lost. The good news is we're making great time. <laughs> I kind of feel that's almost the way it could be said of the 21st century church. And I mean that as a whole. Because we seem to be making a lot of progress in a lot of areas. But I wonder inside of my heart, how does that affect eternity? How does that really affect whether man's going to go to heaven or hell? With all of our programs, with all of our intellect, with everything we seem to want to do as a society, what are we really doing to make a difference for the very kingdom of God? Mankind seems to have come a long way But there's still a question mark over his head Because after you've given a man new shoes And a new shirt The question still remains Does he have a new soul? Say amen somebody I still believe the most important thing we can do Is preach to men Is preach to women Is to preach to children And let them know that God so loved the world And he gave his only begotten son Hallelujah, they were singing it I was shouting it I have found the way I'm glad that somebody showed me That I could come out of sin I'm glad that somebody showed me That I could be delivered I'm glad that somebody let me know That he's a healer and a helper and a savior I'm glad somebody spoke to me And showed me the saving gospel Can somebody give him praise? Well, glory! It's still the saving gospel that turns men's lives around. It's not some kind of alcoholics anonymous. Amen. They walk in a sloppy drunk and they leave a sophisticated alcoholic, but there's no deliverance. The Jesus I serve delivers. The Jesus I serve sets free. The Jesus I serve doesn't turn over a new leaf. He makes a new man. Man seems to have three Continual enemies in this world. Sin, sorrow, and death. 
And friend, what has the world got to show for all of its programs and all of its fleshly organized, amen, crusades to try to make somebody a better do-gooder but never get a man born again? What has that done for sin? I said, what has it done for all we have done in the society? We have not dealt with sin as a society. All we've done is relabel it. Men are no longer thieves. Now they are embezzlers. They're no longer drunks. They're alcoholics. Amen. And now people are not even sinners anymore. I'm not making this up. I heard one man say they're pre-Christian. Wait a second. No, they're, they're, no, they're just, they're morally challenged. No, the Bible said they're sinners and flesh doesn't want to hear that he's a sinner and all that man has done, he has not answered the question of sin. What about sorrow? With all the questions of sorrow, with all the progress we may have made, with all the programs we have, with all the government housing we can give, with every type of relief aid we can show what has it done for sorrow let me ask you when your heart is broke when your world is destroyed when your hopes have been shattered who else could I go to who else could help me who else would lead me friend there's no answer for sorrow but the saving gospel of Jesus what about death we've made it prettier in fact, people don't, we, we don't even have coffins anymore. We just have caskets. We really want to take, we call them sarcophagus. Isn't that a beautiful word? Amen. We don't have undertakers. We have morticians. Don't have graveyards. Now we just have memorial parks. I'm telling we've done everything we can to try to make this a prettier world. But without the saving gospel of Jesus Christ, man is still bound in sin. Man is still bound in sorrow. And man still fears death. The answer is still the same. I said the answer is still the same. Paul said, you awake unto righteousness because the only answer for this unbelieving world is not not another social program. The only answer for this world is God's darling son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I say that without shame. I say that without stutter. Somebody said, are you going to tell me that Jesus can go into that village and turn things around? That's exactly what we said. That's exactly what the answer is. They don't need another government official. They don't need another handout. They need a born again experience. We need hearts again. How to remember the only answer for this world is the saving gospel. If Paul was here today, if Paul was in our 21st century churches, if Paul said on the majority of the pews had called themselves Christian, Brother Charlie, I dare say that dear man of God would stay and stand with the same vigor that he had way back here. I dare say he would shake his head and say it's here again. I see it again. It's another gospel that's trying to take over the real gospel. Estes? What is the substitute for the saving gospel? Stay with me tonight. Hear me. Because I know we don't like to talk about this. And I know it gets a little touchy. But there's a substitute for the saving gospel. And it's called the social gospel. Where all we try to do is try to give good, good handouts. We try to give people new shoes. We try to give people new shirts. We Don't get me wrong. you got to qualify everything. But that's just don't you believe in helping hungry children? Yes, sir, I do. Yes, ma'am, I do. But can I tell you?
tell you one meal in the belly is not going to save their soul. What they still need is a saving gospel. And there's such a pressure on our churches to conform to a social gospel where all we do is help temporary needs. Paul would have said that's not right. That's not the gospel. That's not where men get saved. Satan perverts the saving gospel with the social gospel. And there's a lot of churches that are falling for it. Help me, Lord. Help me, God. Friend, hear me. All, all we do, there again, you got to qualify everything. Don't you believe in helping the hurt? Yes, ma'am, we do. But just because you give them soup, just because you give them soap, doesn't mean you've changed their soul. We believe in all those things. But if, if that is our goal, then we do not have the saving gospel. That is a tool that can bring them to the goal. But that's not the goal. I said, that's not the goal. And I speak to different missionaries across this world. And they will tell you the pressure that is on them. Because they feel like every time they have to give a missions report, they have to make sure that they put little pictures of somebody. Look here. They're getting brand new shoes. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, come but that's just don't you believe in helping out with you sure we better believe but friend new souls doesn't equal new souls say man come on here and they feel such a pressure to show these things and think that's where the answer is because you know it just doesn't seem to be as spectacular just to see somebody up there preaching it doesn't seem as gravitas to see just somebody out there holding on a track when we have all these cute little pictures of these little children getting one I'm glad for feeding them babies. I'm glad for feeding their bellies. But there is no substitution for the preach word of God. That is still our emphasis. And we do not apologize. I said that is still our focus. And we will not compromise. The saving gospel is what it was founded on. And the saving gospel is still what we desire. I wonder, Brother Johnny, because in every time we have one of the missions, don't get me, please, you got to understand, don't, don't somebody going to misunderstand me. Somebody going to already get in enough trouble for what I do say. Please don't let me get in trouble for what I didn't say. But that's just, you ain't for helping the homeless. Sure, I'm for helping the homeless. But that's just, you ain't for coming around. Let me tell you, we could, we could pay every light bill in Baker County. They'd still be bound by sin. They'd still be under their sorrows. And death would still be approaching them. I wonder sometimes, Brother Johnny, if we could go to the corridors of hell and interview some of those people that had new shirts given them and had new shoes given them but they never had a new Savior introduced to them. I wonder what they would say, Sister Estes. I wonder what their pictures would show us if we could walk down the corridors of the damned and say, what about this? They'd have said, I'd have traded you a thousand shirts. You didn't have to come to Mexico and hand out lollipops. Why didn't you tell me about Jesus? Why didn't you just send a man that would preach the gospel? Why didn't you just send a preacher that would point a bony finger my way and let me know I needed to get saved? Friend, we have got to come back to what the Bible says because if all we do is a social gospel we miss the saving gospel and there's a pressure there pastor there's a pressure there 
It just doesn't look good to have just somebody up there preaching. That seems so, oh, what's the word? Old-fashioned. <laughs> We've got new ways, Brother Estes. Listen, they're getting time out. Because I understand sometimes you have to build a relationship first. I'm not against that. You know me good enough. I'm not against that, Brother Estes. Haven't you ever tried to feed hungry children overseas? Yes, I have been there. I have done that. I do not regret that. I backed up Brother Eddie Sullivan and myself. I was thinking about this just the other day. We were there in Uganda. There was probably 300 deep, if not more. Those little babies with the belly swollen. And my heart breaks for that. You ask, why is a belly swollen like that if they're starving? Because they'd reach down in that gravel and they'd take a handful of that dirt. They'd pour that dirt dirt down their throat just to cut the hunger pain. Amen. Their bellies are swollen because of the bacteria in that, in that ground, in that, in that dirt. But brother, what you see with a physical eye is what the Lord sees with a spiritual eye. We're moved in our flesh to feed their flesh and we should and that's good. But what about their soul? What about their spirit? Is there any church left? Is there anybody left that says, Lord, our emphasis is still the gospel. I've been a few places, Pastor, and I say that humbly. And every place I've ever seen Jesus, it's where somebody brought Jesus there. Somebody had to get Jesus there. I've never been in a place that didn't have Jesus that somebody didn't bring him there. I've been a lot of places I've seen the devil. I mean, he shows up everywhere. Amen. Now, one man said he's like Coca-Cola. He's everywhere. <laughs> but friend, anywhere Jesus is, anywhere Jesus, somebody brought him. I just had a dear friend of mine die last November, Dr. Bill Burkett. He was 89 years old. He opened, he opened up tremendous doors for me in Brazil, and I'm very, very thankful for that. He was a wonderful brother. He had the most amazing stories of how he would go up in that Amazon. He told me, we got time for a story. He told me one time he was going up in that Amazon, amen, and, and his interpreter told him, he said, uh, I think this tribe can speak Portuguese. He said, well, let's go up there and see if they do. Sure enough, he gets up in that Amazon River, and they go day's journey, amen, to go to this little village when he, when he finally gets to that shore, he steps out of that boat just one step, and all those little children, amen, on that island, they are on that sandbar, rather, they all begin to run away. He said, I got nervous at first. He said, I got, almost got back in the boat. His interpreter stopped him and said, no, don't move. He said, if we try to flee now, they'll kill us. You can't see them, but they can see you. They're blending into those woods right there. We have to go to the center of the village. He said, I go to the center of the village. He said, oh, he said, Brother Estes, I remember the point I was at where I got too far. I could not turn back around to my boat. It, it, there's no, at least when I was at the boat, maybe I could have outran them. And he said, I get to the center of the village, and there's nobody there. But I know we're in the center. Here's the fire. Here are the tents and tarps around there, and nobody's there. And I'm just looking. I'm looking. And he said, and all of a sudden, things started to move out of the trees. They painted their body perfectly to blend into those trees. He said, there's a man standing right in front of the tent. I don't even realize he's right in front of that tent because he's just blending it and just start moving. Everything started moving toward me. He said, surely my heart's starting to pump. I'm getting a little nervous. And all of a sudden, the interpreter says, you know, você fala em português? Does anyone, do you speak Portuguese here? And they said, sim, sim. Eu falo português. Sure, yes, I speak Portuguese. And all of a sudden, he noticed. And he said, every one of these tribesmen had a little cross around their neck. And he said, what's that? Ask him. Ask him. What's that all about? And they asked the chief, what's that little cross about? 
And the chief told him this, Brother Charles. They said, years ago, years ago, there was a man that came to this, to this remote place. And he told us, there's power in the cross. There's power in the cross. But that's all we ever knew. We didn't understand what it meant. We didn't understand what he meant. But we never saw him again. It's the Amazon. He could have got eaten by a crocodile. It could have been a cannibal. It could have been a snake. I don't know. But none of those people understood what the power of the cross was. And so they just started wearing some little thing around their neck. But they didn't understand what it meant. But then he said, that captain, that chief looked at me and said, for years we have asked ourselves, what does this mean, the power of the cross? And then he looked at me and he said, they asked me, can you explain to us what the power of the cross is? He said, brother, that's just how's able to preach into that entire Indian village. Hallelujah. At the cross comes to set men free. Oh, somebody praise him. Thank you, Jesus. It's still the same. Whether it's in Kentucky, whether it's in Cambodia, whether it's in Vietnam, whether it's in McClenny, the answer is still the same. The saving gospel. The saving God. Hallelujah. For the preaching of the saving gospel. We are not here to save civilization from wreckage. We are here to save mankind from the wreckage of civilization. What are we going to do to make America a better place? You know what we're going to do? We're going to preach for you to be rapture ready and to live holy and to say this world is not my home. I'm only passing through. My hallelujah, my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Beloved, hear me. We have got to come back to the reality of this thing and say there's no other way. Second Kings chapter 6 and verse 25, it speaks about the great famine that is there in Samaria. Amen. It's an awful story. Amen. They're selling donkey heads for four score pieces of silver. Amen. They sell donkey tongue for five pieces of silver. Amen. That's a disgusting illustration indeed. But it shows us this. That once that precious dove leaves, the only thing that's left is the leftover waste of religion. And it says in verse 27, that next verse, if the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? The king, you know who says that? The king says that. The wealthiest man in that land. And he says, listen, if God isn't your help, how am I going to help you? You want me to help you out of the barn floor? You want me to help you out of the wine press? It's not going to solve your needs. Jesus is the answer for your needs. Say amen, somebody. The temptation has always been to substitute the important for the immediate and the internal for the temporary. So our churches are padded with do-gooders that have never had a true born-again experience and they think feeding a mouth makes up for starving a soul. We become materially rich but morally poor and do not know the saving gospel. Hear me. It's, it, we know it. Amen. The social gospel. It is a form of compassion that ironically leaves out Christ. Paul stunned by it. Paul is stultified by it. He's shaking his head and saying, wait, you really think that's the answer? That is the other gospel, which is not a gospel. Help me, Lord Jesus. 
said, that's not where our problem is. Everybody else is doing. Listen, I've met them. I've met them in airports. Maybe I'm sure you've met a few of them in airports too. They're walking around their little tank top t-shirts. <coughs> smacking on their bubble gum. Can't get their face out of their phone for three minutes. Flippity-floppity. So where, where, where are you? You guys going something? Yeah. We're on a missions trip. What are y'all going to do? Well, there's 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 some kids down there. We're, we're going to play with some kids, and then we're going to go sit and sightseeing. That's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to play with kids, and we're going to say, "I'm glad you're playing with children, friend." But hear me, what were you preach to those children? Okay, no, come on, no, 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 listen. I, I know I know it was your niece and your nephew that went, and I know you sp- I know you spent a hundred dollars to make sure they could get there. But I dare say that hundred dollars could have been a lot better spent if you'd have just invested in the word of God and the well. Come on, don't back up on me. Don't get tight. I felt that a little bit right there. I'm telling you, beloved, we have got to have our priorities straight and be unapologetic for the mission program that we you know what makes us unique? We still believe in the saving gospel. We're not here for the social. We still believe believe in the saving the real gospel one that's preached by few sought by less and it's still worth fighting for it's still worth standing for Paul had to deal with it in his day and we're having to deal with it in our day say amen somebody I want you to look at the pattern I'll just say just a few things and just stay with me look at the pattern tonight Number one, how do we know it's the saving gospel you watch? Satan fights the saving gospel. I said Satan fought. Satan fought it. Amen. He said in verse number six, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that would call you into the grace of Christ into another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Now Satan is a pervert. I mean that in the real understanding of the word. He has no raw material to work with so therefore he will twist it and he'll say listen this is a good deed you can get out of the saving just teach them a good thing just teach them to be kind to each other and that should be enough he doesn't have to deny the gospel he just has to twist it because if a man cannot see his need for the sincere gospel he will always accept the synthetic gospel back home in Kentucky there's this thing going around. I've been going around for a while now. We see them all over people's yards. Just about the size of like one of those, you know, political vote for somebody about that big. And it says, just be kind. And it always has like this kind of rainbow flag thing going on. And that always just kind of makes you wonder right there. You know what I'm saying? Come to find out it was a Methodist church. Well, that probably ain't saying much. Lord, help us. I ain't throwing off on anybody else. But a Methodist church started that. And now everybody says, just be kind, just be kind. And it's become a gospel to some of them. Now listen, don't you believe in being kind? I believe in being kind. But you can only be so kind so long without that old nature raising up and anger taking over you. If you really want to be kind, you ought to be not be carnal. If you really want to have true kindness, then you got to say, Lord, crucify this flesh. And you don't do that through some self-help program. You do that because you die to self. You do the, listen, you do that because you've been born again. Satan will help the social gospel, but he will fight the saving. Hear me, beloved. Satan is looking. Just be a part of the social gospel as long as it keeps them God a man of God from the sin saving God Satan will get behind the 
was so strong, he'll even push that. Good mercy. Social gospel. He'll be inclusion with. He'll come alongside. Have you ever noticed? Isn't it amazing? You, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm not saying any, but you just, I mean, you could probably feedtheworld.org. And it's probably the finest, I mean, mo- uh, the best, best surface looking, got the best graphics, makes the most sense. And you say to yourself, man, they must really be doing something for God. Not like my little old church. We don't do nothing that big. We don't do nothing that important. I wish we would do this. And you're trading the sincere for the synthetic. Oh, boy, that got tight right there. Because Satan, he won't be in collusion. He'll be in collision with the saving gospel. You just try to start. Come on, some of you preachers. You just start try to start saving money so you can go overseas and preach. I mean, bills you never had before. You got thrice as many. I mean, things you never thought was going to come. They all going to come. I mean, you really start making up your mind. I'm going to sacrifice for the saving gospel before you know it. Devils come out of cracks. Devils come out of ditches. Devils come out of nowhere and start fighting you tooth and toe. The Satan fights the saving gospel. Oh, God. There's a reason, preacher. You said it tonight, and I thank God you did. In fact, I had a, I had a church say, Brother Estes, we, this was a while back. They said, okay, a persecuted Christian month is coming up, and we know you've been to Vietnam and some other you know, communist. So we'd maybe like to do a project there. And I said, you know, you could, and it'd be very important. I said, but let me just let me just throw this out here and just see what you think about it. And I, I threw out there about the slave ministry and how they're setting them free. And when they do that, that's not the, that's not the goal. But God uses that time and again, and they get rid, they get saved, they get born again. I mean, anytime a man walks in your life and says, I paid a debt I, I didn't owe, just like somebody, amen, that paid a debt for me that I, they didn't owe, but just. I paid yours, he paid mine. There's something about their hearts are open and time again they get born again. I told them about that. I mean, they were they were 100 they were locked in. They raised the money, they sent it back to us. We sent it off to Brother Emmanuel. And I've often said to myself as well, why doesn't every church do this? I felt like when you said that, I felt something dropped in my heart. And said, because most every church is more interested in the social gospel than they are the saving gospel. Say amen, somebody. Satan fought it. You still with me tonight? God taught it. Verse number 11. But I, brethren, that, that I, the gospel which I was preached of you is not after man, he said, for neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. What is the origin of our gospel? Amen. It's still Jesus. What is the aim of our gospel? It is still Jesus. Hallelujah. Satan fought it, but the gospel that we use, it's still Bible. It still lets men know that they got to come out from among the world and be separate saith the Lord it still lets them know they can be delivered from sin John chapter 6 hope ain't boring nobody tonight John chapter 6 we see the miracles they draw the people we see the message it drives the people man so long as you're handing out fish and chips everybody's coming I mean so long as you're there it's what uh, 
Look at here, one more meal. I mean, they'll pat you on the back and they'll say, man, this is, a, this is the best church ever. You know, I wish every church had your vision. Not every church can see the need for that. Y'all pay light bills too, don't you? <laughs> we help any way that we possibly can. Some things we're not going to stand for, though. But what about not just the miracles? What about the message? What about the message? I'm trying to close. Just give me a couple more minutes. Friend, I remember I'm in Uganda. And we're, we're leaving. No, excuse me. I'm in Sudan. I'm leaving for Uganda. And they had that little small plane and brought us out of there. And I got to sit co-pilot. I'm getting those things on my ears. And he's showing me all these things and the altitudes and on and so forth. And every time we'd come across a puffy little cloud like that, we'd fall. Boy, you can kind of feel your stomach go up. And I thought, man, we probably fell 20, 30 feet. And he said, no, no, we just dropped 70 feet. <laughs> just, just like that. And you know, sometimes people can be so far up in the clouds that they don't really know how fast they're falling. They don't really realize how fast they're falling because they've got these grand lofty visions. Friend, can I tell you, the best thing we can do is just stick with the book. The best thing we can do is stay with the tried and true path. It may not be new and it may not be fancy and the church down the road may be packing them in from the back to the front to the left to the right but unless they're truly having a born again experience, the only thing they're doing is populating a pew but not populating heaven. The gospel that I I preach is hallelujah it's still straight and it's still narrow Satan fought it but God taught it it's the gospel we live by and Paul says if I ever come back to your church Paul says and I tell you listen times have changed things have changed our culture's changed all churches change Oh, let's just face it, God himself has changed, church. And what we really need to focus on is some social issues. Look at these beautiful pictures. Doesn't that pull on your heart? Doesn't that make, look at that, and doesn't that make you sad? Ushers are coming right now, and they're going to be receiving your offerings. For, and Paul says, if that ever becomes me, you count it a curse. You count it a curse. But that's good for the preacher. That's good for the pew. I'm telling you, there are entire churches that are cursed. Well, look at what they do. No, 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 no. They're cursed. They're cursed. Preach on. I'll close. Thank you very much. And somebody could close before I close. So if you can just remain quiet until I get finished. It shouldn't be too difficult for a few of you. Satan taught it. God taught it. Jesus bought it. That's the gospel we preach. That's the gospel we preach. Verse 7, he said, it's not another gospel. It ain't another. But there be some that trouble you that would pervert what? The gospel of Christ. <laughs> what did he do? He gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. If the gospel doesn't bring glory to Jesus, that's not the gospel. If the gospel doesn't point men to Jesus, it's not the gospel. If the gospel doesn't show men the way to say, that's not the gospel. The gospel is still, amen, the death and the life, the, the burial, the resurrection, the soon return. Amen. Hallelujah. To walk in the Spirit, to live in the Spirit, to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's the gospel that was brought to you and me. 
to you and me. He shed his precious blood. Friend, you're not saved by learning some of the teachings of the life of Jesus. You're saved through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. There's, there's Buddhists that know how to be kind to each other. But that don't mean they're saved. There's Hindus. They'll say, if I'll be kind to you, I'll reciprocate that because, you know, whatsoever you sow, you reap. That's good, but that's not the gospel all in of itself. The gospel we believe is blood-bought. A man died for you. Somebody took your place at Calvary. I hate to break this to you. I hate to break it to all of us. But it shouldn't have been him. It should have been us. For the life of me, I know why I love him, but why would he ever love me? Just ask this. The gospel we preach is bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And church, we should never be ashamed of the what God has placed in our hands and what we're doing right now to send missionary and men across this world to do one thing, preach the saving gospel. Help me, Lord, tonight. I close. What does he desire? That he might reveal his son in me. Church, in a world that's gone wild, looking for every other way to help men, we still need people. We still need people that will say, God, let me do what you're blessing. Let me be a part of the saving gospel. It's not as fancy. It's not as pretty. It's not as refined. It's not as socially acceptable. But it's still truth. And truth sets men free. Just ask this help me tonight, Lord. Church, this week, God's going to be dealing with you. This week, God's going to be talking to you. For the life of me, Brother Johnny, I don't know why. I've seen him, perhaps you have too. Elderly saints, as sweet as they could be, leaving some kid $125,000 in inheritance, knowing good and well he's going to spend that on crystal meth in eight months, and it'll all be gone. Beloved, there's a saving gospel out there. You have a chance to be a part of. I said there's a saving gospel. You can be a part of. Just as you can start in time with life. I close with this. It was Mr. Winston Churchill. <laughs> and as he stood before Parliament. In some of the darkest days of World War II. Knowing the battle was hot. They wanted to know. What is it going to take. To finish this war. His words. Living in mortal history. He simply said this, give us the tools and we'll finish the job. Give us the tools and we'll finish the job. There's men right now, Pastor. They're in place. They're set. They're ready. They're ready. All we need is the tools. We need men that will pray. We need men that will sacrifice. We need men that will go. We need men that will prayerfully sacrifice. We need men that will say, Lord, I commit. We need men that will be willing to say, oh, Lord, 
Here I am. Send me. Oh, God. He said, we'll finish the job. Church tonight, God is in this house, and he's looking at every one of us. You say, I can't do what the next man can't do. I can't do what they, nobody's asking. It's never what a man gives. It's always what a man holds back. Somebody said, look at what he did. No, the greater question is, look at what he left undone. It's not what a man did. It's what he could have done in light of what he could have done. And I believe tonight, we're at a crossroads, church. We're going to make up our minds. We're either going to follow the world. We're going to follow cute little programs. Or we're going to stick with the gospel. We're going to stay with what works. And we're going to back it up all the way. Stand with me all over this house. Brother Connor, I think, think back at that time I was there in the Transcarpathia region in U Ukraine, high up in those mountains, western Ukraine. They said never Americans had ever walked through those villages before. Brother Harvey Moore, a dear friend of myself, were the first Americans to ever walk through there. And as we're going down that muddy road one day, we just happened to look up and saw those three elderly ladies there. They looked every bit as far as a village old Ukrainian lady. We began to walk up and speak to them. And there was an 88-year-old lady who had never heard the gospel. 88 years old. She'd never heard the gospel. And Brother Johnny, I remember we walked into that little house, myself, Brother Moore, a few of those other brothers and the interpreter and that dear little lady, and she sat down. I didn't know she was blind in one eye and she's losing her sight in the other. And the first, the first brother, we just sat and spoke with her. I don't know why. But he just started talking about blind Bartimaeus and how he cried out to Jesus. And then he said, Brother Estes, would you like to say a few things? And I, I didn't have anything pre-planned. And, you know, and I'm thinking, well, this sweet little old lady, maybe I just need to say something to encourage her. And all of a sudden, by just the, it had to be the spirit that was just prompting me. I start giving her just the basic gospel that Jesus died for our sins. And by his grace, you can be born again. And you can be set free. And that lady prayed with us right there. And I mean, when she lifted that head, she had tears. And she had a smile. And I don't know, but only God can do that. And that 88-year-old lady, Brother Sutton, she took her hand. She did like this. She said, he's here. He's here. He's here. And she said, I'll never let him go. I'll never let him go. I'll never let him go. Friend, there's no replacement for the old-fashioned saving gospel. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and I pray our hearts open. Father, deal with us this week, O oh God. God, if you've ever opened up our eyes to the lostness of humanity, if you've ever opened our hearts to the need of this hour, if you've ever, God, enlightened us to the opportunities that are before us, the windows that are open today but surely may be closed tomorrow. God, do it now. Do it in this church.
God, may they, may they be in-house, may they be listening tonight from wherever. Deal with us, oh God. Open our hearts, I'm asking you, God, let every man, woman, child, under the sound of my voice, dedicate their hearts tonight to the saving gospel. May they never be ashamed of the old-fashioned gospel. May they never be turned aside to a glittery gospel that is not a gospel. But may they stay with the tried and true path. And may their hearts yearn that this gospel be preached around this world. Do this in this church tonight. Father, raise up men. Raise up women that will give, that will go in Jesus' name. Church, I'm going to ask us to slip up from where we're standing tonight. And I want us to have a serious time around these altars and ask the Lord to do that in our hearts. Lord, open our eyes to the saving gospel. God, recommit our heart to what matters most. Bethesda, don't you believe in helping the hungry? Sure we do. Our hearts are full of compassion. But compassion lacking Christ is not compassion at all. Oh, God. <laughs>